Amen, amen, amen. I am excited. Welcome to that church. Um, let's pray and uh, let's dive into to, to the word this morning. Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to hear from you, God. We open our, our ears so that we may be able to hear. We open our hearts so that we may be able to receive what it is that you're saying. I thank you for ordering our steps. Thank you for directing us. Thank you for keeping us thus far. God, I want to take a minute and uh, pray for the situation overseas, God, in, in Afghanistan. God, I pray for the believers that are there, God. I pray that you hide them and keep them safe, God. I pray for the families that are there and the people who are in turmoil, God. I pray that your angels would be encamped around them, God. I pray that your mercy would be shown, that your, your love and your grace would be shown in this moment. That revival would break out in that place like never before, God. Hearts go out to them. But we thank you for your grace. We thank you for what you're going to do and we thank you for the testimonies of the many people who are there spreading your word. God, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited. Um, as we read on the, uh, or as we watched in the video, this is Limitless Church. And um, I felt that because uh, this is our launch service, and, and um, I know that some of you, a lot of you may be new. I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of talk about what that means. Talk about what that means um, as believers. Talk about what that means as, as limitless family um, and as the body of Christ. Um, I thought it would be important that we know why this church and why limitless exists. Um, as he said, it's, it's our heart to take the limits off of the way that people see Jesus, off of the way that people see faith, and off of the way that people see the church. Um, beginning next week, we're going to start this series called Limitless Life. I'm really excited about that. And we're going to dive deeper into individually what those things uh, mean. But today, I wanted to focus on the why. Um, as our leadership team and the, uh, our volunteers, um, over the past couple of months, we, we uh, have been reading a book in the book by Simon Sinek, and it's called Start With Why. A lot of times we, we, we are part of brands and, and we buy things and, and we go get things and, and we think it's just because it's, it's great branding or something that we need. And a lot of times what it is, is it's tied to the why. People really don't care what you're doing. They're more affected by why you're doing it. And so today I wanted to start with the why. Limitless exists because we believe that God wants to do something amazing in this city. We believe that revival is about to take place and we believe that Limitless Church is going to be a part of that. We believe that we will be a part of that and we will be able to host that. Um, we exist because there are people in our city and people who will sit in these seats who are passed by every day, who are looked over every day. And we want a, a chance to offer them Jesus and, and they need to know Jesus. We exist because there are students, there are young adults, there are parents in our city who will sit in these seats who struggle with depression, 
who struggle with anxiety, who struggle with addictions, and they need to know that God has a plan for them, that God hasn't forgotten them, and that they can be set free. We exist because there are people in our city and, and people who will sit in these seats who used to go to church, who, who used to be of the faith, but life happened. Disappointments happened. Things happened. Circumstances happened. And maybe even people happened. And they need to know that although they might have lost faith in God, God has not lost faith in them. We exist. We exist to give hope to the hopeless, to tell those who feel like no one care that we care, that we love them. And not only do we love them, but more importantly, Jesus loves them. And that Jesus loved them so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for them because he wanted to be in relationship with them. We exist to tell those in bondage that they no longer have to be held captive to, to those things. That who the son set free is free indeed. We exist because God loves Woodland, California. And it is our desire to spread that message to as many people as possible, as often as possible, as much as possible. This is why we exist. We are Limitless Church. It means we place a heavy priority on the word of God and the presence of God. We're not so concerned with our agendas and our timelines and, and our curriculum and our service rundown that we don't make room for God to do what he wants to do in people's lives in our services. And so one Sunday you might come, and this has happened, my wife will tell you, one Sunday you might come and I might not make it to the sermon. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that because I recognize that although the sermon is very important, I believe the presence of God is way more important. And when he's working in people's lives and there is freedom that's taking place and, and, and bondages that's being broken and hearts that's being restored, I'm fine with just worshiping. I'm fine with basking in the presence of God. And some of this might come as a shock to you because some of you have been in church and you're used to the, to the 90 minute cycle. And it's like, let me get in, let me get the two songs, welcome, offering, word, worship, and we out of here. This is not that church. We recognize the presence of God. And if I don't make it to the sermon, guess what? I see you next Sunday, so it's cool. But I'm excited about the presence of God changing people's lives. And so we make room for that here, amen? We are limitless. It means that we're a family and that we prioritize reaching out to our community to facilitate the needs of the people in this community. We take a proactive response in being the hands and feet of Jesus. We are limitless, meaning that from our leaders to our volunteers to our congregation, we want every color, every culture, every ethnicity represented in our church. We want to be a church that lives, leads, and looks like heaven. And if you look around right now, that's exactly what we're trying to be. Amen? Amen. We are limitless. That means we don't shy away from culture. We engage it. We are consciously aware of what's going on around us. 
We address it. We address those things. If it's a social issue, if it's a global issue, if it's a cultural issue, we will, I will respond from this pulpit. And we as a church will respond with the heart of Jesus and with the word of God. We are limitless. This is Limitless Church. We want to be a, a family of people in this city that not only like Jesus, but live like Jesus. Amen. I didn't get no amens on that. We believe the Great Commission wasn't a great suggestion, but that we should be actively telling people about the goodness of God and inviting them to know Jesus. We believe community is a big deal. Not just 90 minutes on a Sunday when you come to church service, but we believe in actually getting in the mud, getting in the muck, and doing life with one another. We silent this morning. We love God, and we love God's people limitlessly. Amen? So whether it's your first time here and you're looking for a home church, or whether you got a flyer in the mail and, and you just wanted to see what's all about. Or maybe you were invited by someone or, or maybe you're just here to support. Regardless of your whatever that is, we want you to know that you're home here. We want you to know that you're welcome here. We want you to know that you're seen here, that you're loved here, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. This is Limitless Church. This is who we are. Every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this is who we are. This is not just about us coming together on a Sunday and, you know, looking nice and coming to sit in a seat. We care about you. We care about each and every one of you. We want to make sure you're good. If I show up at your house, don't open the door, you know. Get some food ready. I'll be there. We, we can, let's sit a while. We're family. I'm not just a guy that stands on the pulpit. We want to be a part of your life. That's what this is. This is community. There are some churches that you can go to and you can feel free to sit in the seat and you can sit in the back and enjoy service and go home. This ain't that church. This ain't it. I'm coming for you, okay? All right? I'm going to say how you doing and the Holy Spirit going to let me know if you're lying or not. So, I'll, you know. Why? Because we're a family. We, this, is, this is limitless. We're taking the limits off. This is not just a cookie cutter kind of thing. We want to be, uh, my wife and I, our desire when the Lord gave us this was to be a church for everybody. And I love it because I'm looking out and I see young adults. Our kids ministry is jumping right now. I see um, a season, what I call seasoned saints, amen? Seasoned saints. I see all demographics, all ages, and this is what we want to be. This is what we have the opportunity to be in this city. And so as I'm thinking about the church and I'm thinking about what this means, because whether this is your church or not, God has called you to be limitless. God has called you to be limitless, whether you call this your church home or you don't. It, this, is, this is for everybody. But I think about the vision that God has, has given us, and I always look to scripture because I believe that God's vision for his church, the big C, and ultimately this church can be found in the word of God. That's what I believe. And so when I think about limitless, there's a few places in scripture that come to mind. And so I wanted to kind of look at those things and, and kind of break those things down with the time that I have left. 
I want to start with John chapter 4, verses 27 through 43. I'm going to read it here. Uh, Just then, his disciples had come back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman, but nobody said, what do you seek or, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar, went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man that told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? So they went out of town and they were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to him, I have food that you don't know about. Amen. So the disciples said to one another, has anybody brought him something to eat? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. He said, do you not say there are four months and then come the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are ripe for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper will will rejoice together. For here are the saying that one hold true. One sows, another reaps. And I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. Verse 40. So the Samaritans came and asked him to stay and he stayed there two days. 41. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. After the two days, he departed from Galilee. Amen. This is limitless. The reason that this is limitless is because Jews weren't supposed to go to Samaria. They considered the Samaritans less than because of how they they married and they would intentionally travel outside of their way just so that they wouldn't pass through Samaria on their way to Galilee. But Jesus went anyway. Verse 4 in the uh, New King James Version said he needed to go through Samaria. He said he needed to go through Samaria. See, Jesus wasn't concerned that no one else wanted to go. He wasn't concerned that the social norm was that we shouldn't go through Samaria. He needed to reach those that no one else wanted to reach. He needed to touch those that everyone else had looked over. He needed to bring the message of hope of love and salvation to a people who needed it the most. Jesus went anyway. And because Jesus went anyway, one woman's life was forever changed. And she ran and immediately told everybody that she came in contact with this experience that she had with Jesus. And because she told them, they later had their own encounter with Jesus. And in verse 42, they said, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. Because we heard ourselves. We experienced him ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. I believe that God has called us to be some anyway people. 
that we go anyway, that we serve anyway, that we give anyway, that we show the love of God anyway, that we give them Jesus anyway. And when they come to know Jesus, and when they come in contact with the presence of God, revival begins to break out. And it breaks out in people's lives, and it breaks out in their houses, it breaks out in their families, and in this city, it breaks out because those people over at Limitless Church decided to go anyway. See, we can think of a lot of reasons, we can think of a lot of excuses, we can think of a lot of things that say that we shouldn't go, or that we can't go, because of our schedules, because of our agendas, because we got this going on, or, or, or this person may not like me, or I don't know what this person might perceive, but at some point, you just got to be like, you know what, I'm going anyway. Because I believe that God is sending me. So first of all, God's going to protect me. And then when I get there, God's going to tell me what to say. So I'm going anyway. See, because Jesus went anyway, a whole city was changed. A whole people, a whole culture of people was changed because Jesus decided to go anyway. What would happen? What would happen if we... What would happen if we made a decision just to go anyway? If we said, let's forget everything that's stopping us. Let's forget all of our excuses and just go anyway. How, how much would this city turn upside down? How, how many more people would come to know the love of God? How many more people would come to the understanding that Jesus loves them if we made a decision just to go anyway? That's limitless. John chapter 8 verse 3. Then in the middle of his teaching, the religious scholars and the Pharisees broke through the crowd and they brought a woman who had been caught in the act of committing adultery and they made her stand in the middle of everyone. And they said to Jesus, teacher, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Doesn't Moses' law command us to stone to death a woman like this? Tell us, what do you say we should do with her? See, they were only testing him because they hoped to trap him with his own words and accuse him of breaking the law of Moses. But Jesus didn't answer them. Instead, he simply bit down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Verse 7, angry, they kept insisting that he answer their question. So Jesus stood up and looked at them and said, let's have the man who has never had a sinful desire throw the first stone at her. And he bent over again and wrote some more words in the dust. Verse 9, upon hearing that, her accuser slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest with a convicted conscience. Until finally, Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there in front of him. So he stood back up and said, dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one to condemn you? Verse 11, looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. Jesus said, then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go and from now on be free from a life of sin. That's limitless. That is limitless. See, Jesus wasn't pressed to try to fit in with the religious scholars and the Pharisees. 
He wasn't even pressed because of they, they kept insisting and, and, and they kept asking him, Jesus, what do, we, what, what, do we, what do you think we should do? They, they weren't pressed. He wasn't concerned with doing what the culture said was the thing to do. He wasn't worried about the backlash from standing up for someone who wasn't being treated unfairly. He wasn't worried about being called woke or culturally forward. Jesus had the heart of his father, which was ultimately a heart for people, all people, no matter their gender, no matter their color, no matter their race, no matter their ethnicity, no matter what they were walking through, Jesus had a heart for people. See, the Pharisees wanted to trap Jesus with religion, but God's heart has always been one of establishing a true relationship with us. Jesus went beyond the limits of the old covenant to bring freedom and wholeness to someone who probably felt ashamed, who probably felt unwanted, who probably felt undeserving. When people walk through these doors, it is my hope that we treat them with the same grace, with the same love, that Jesus constantly, daily shows us. Because we want to be a, a, a church that embraces these people and embraces this city. And we will come in contact with people who feel ashamed, who feel undeserving, who feel unwanted. And when they encounter Limitless Church, it is my prayer that we not remind them of what they've been in bondage to, but we remind them that they have the opportunity to be set free. Because that's limitless. Matthew chapter 14, verses 14 to 20. I've been anxious to get to this one. Matthew chapter 14, verses 14 through 20 says, so uh, when Jesus landed, he had a huge crowd waiting for him. Seeing so many people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion toward them. So he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. So later that afternoon, the disciples came to Jesus and said, it's going to be dark soon and the people are hungry. But there's nothing to eat here in this desolate place. Send the crowds away to the nearby villages to buy themselves some food. Verse 16. They don't need to leave, Jesus responded. You can give them something to eat. They answered, but all we have is five barely loaves and two fish. Let me have them, Jesus said. Then everyone sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fishes. He looked up into heaven, gave thanks to God and broke the bread into pieces. He then gave it to the disciples who in turn gave it to the crowds and he ate and everyone ate until they were satisfied. For the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. They picked up the leftovers and filled up the 12 baskets full. See, ordinarily, we would look at this scripture, right, in a service where we're talking about being limitless, and we would assume that, that the, 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 this whole thing would be about the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. 
But by doing that, we skip over a very important point. And it's the point that ties this whole thing together. It's the point that ties everything that we've talked about so far together. One thing I say about our church, I say it to our volunteers, I even say it in my household. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. See, Jesus blesses people, but oftentimes he does it through us. He uses us to bless people. We, if we are in the position to see the problem, it's because we've been equipped to be the solution. I'm going to say it again. If we are in the position to see the problem, it's because we've been equipped to be the solution. You and I have been uniquely positioned to be the solution for this city. Christina, they don't believe me. We're positioned to be the answer for that person struggling with depression. We are positioned to be the answer for that person who struggles with thoughts of suicide. We are positioned to be the answer for that family who, who's, who's been tried and tested and, and the marriage is on the brink of divorce. We have been positioned to be the answer for that person who's thinking about committing suicide and they can't think of a way out. We have been uniquely positioned to be the solution. Yes, See, verse 16. Can you put uh, verse 16 up for me? Vea. I want them to see it. I'll read it. Verse 16. There we go. Verse 16. They don't need to leave, Jesus responded. You can give them something to eat. You can give them something to eat. A lot of times we want to say, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's just, you know, we'll call pastor and let pastor pray for him. No, you pray for him. We say, oh, yeah, hey, that's okay, you can clap. So we say, hey, hey, you know what? Let's, um, you know what? I, oh, I go to this awesome church. It's called Limitless Church. I know that when you go to this church, it's going to be amazing. And, and, and you're going to hear this dynamic message. And they're going to tell you about the love of God. And you're going to come to know Jesus. And you're going to, you lead them to Jesus. They may not make it to Sunday. You lead them to Jesus. We have been equipped. Here's the thing. When you see a problem, when you see something that's going on and it gets under your skin and you can't seem to let that thing go and it is a burden that is on you, it is because you have been equipped, uniquely positioned to be the solution for that problem. We like to put it off sometimes. Jesus said, you give them something to eat, which means that you and I already have access to everything that we need to be the solution. We've already got it. We already have the access. See, what it was was the disciples said, well, they were looking at what they had, but they didn't factor in Jesus. He said, no, 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 Jesus, we just got this, this two-piece fish dinner. That's all we got. We got two loaves, two fishes, some fries, a soda. That's all we got. Jesus, how are we going to feed 5,000? Jesus says, 
something different happens when you put it in my hands. When you put it in my hands, your inaccuracies become enough. When you put it in my hands, your inability to speak, that boldness starts to well up on the inside of you. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit. All you got to do, I just told my team this morning, all you got to do, boo-boo, is show up. That's it. All you got to do is show up. See, you think you got to be, oh, I got to, I got to, you know, let me get in here. Let me learn everything. Yes, learning the scripture is important because you need to know what you're talking about. But learning the scripture is important. But what's more important is when God can use you. And he says, all I need you to do is just be there. All I need you to do is open your mouth. All I need you to do is, is get outside of your schedule. I need you to get outside of your agenda. I need you to open your ears. I need you to open your heart and let me use you. Because he said, the rocks will cry out. We see in scripture he used the donkey. So I think he can use us. I think that we are equipped. And here's the thing. When we say, God, you know what? Just when we say, God, use me. He is sitting. He's like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. And it just happens in our natural process. It happens as we're walking. When we have a moment where God says, hey, I need you to. Hey, why don't you go pick up the phone and call such and such? You know, we always say, oh, such and such has really been on my heart lately. Maybe I need, yes, you need to check in on them. Yes. That's why it's on your heart because God has equipped you and you call, hey, you were on my heart. Is everything okay? And they bawl and go, I'm so glad you called. Yes, why? Because God put it on your heart so that you could be the solution. Girl, let me pray for you right now. Let me, what is it that you need? Come on, let's go get some groceries. Let me be the solution. God has equipped us. It's time out for us assuming that somebody else or, or waiting for some government or somebody or whoever to be the solution. We have the very presence of the living God. We are equipped to be the solution. God says we have everything that we need. I'll never forget when I was, um, when I was younger, I, I went to a church in Atlanta and uh, and, and I was a part of the youth ministry there and I had just started and um, I used to see these guys on stage. They had this ministry, it was called a rap ministry. Um, Season Saints, hold on, I'll be, I'll be with you in a minute, okay? So we had a rap ministry, right? So on Wednesdays and Fridays, um, our praise and worship would consist of um, like the, uh, a hype song like the songs that we did today but there would be a break in the middle where somebody would come up and rap and they sometimes they would do whole songs and I'm like 13 14 I was like oh this is amazing I love this I'm coming here every Wednesday and every Friday because this is it and so there was a, a, a culture that started and this culture was called Christian hip-hop uh, at the time, it was called holy hip-hop. Later, it transitioned to Christian hip-hop. Um, and so some of you might be familiar with Lecrae or Andy Minio and these artists. They are part of the culture known as Christian hip-hop. Some of them might say they're not, but that's a different thing. So Christian hip-hop music. And so they began to, uh, uh, to do this on Wednesdays and Sundays, and I was really excited about it. At this time, I was singing, or I thought I was. I was singing, and I was really interested in pursuing a career in singing. And so I served in the ministry, and I would see it, and um, 
I'd be like, this is really dope. And then I would go try to like talk with them because I wasn't cool. So I would like go and like talk to them and like try to hang out. But I noticed that the things that they were saying on stage at that particular time wasn't necessarily the life that they were leading outside of that. And for some reason, for me, it just got under my skin. And I was just like really like irritated. And then I felt that their presentation was a duplicate of something else that was happening in the world that they were trying to imitate. And I'm like, man, we got the creator of heaven and earth, the originator of everything. I just feel like we could be original, that we could do something that's, that's, that's awesome, and we could live that life outside of that. And so I'm like 13 or 14, and, and, and for some reason, this kept getting under my skin. And I would talk to my godmom. Um, she was here at our Good Friday, my godfather about it, Good Friday service. And, and um, I would talk to them about it, and I just said, I don't know why this thing keeps just getting at me. And so my, my godmom, she said, and what she always says, why don't you pray about it, son? You know, you keep talking about it. Why don't you pray about it? And I began to pray about it and pray, pray for the situation. And I heard God very distinctly. He said, the reason that you have this burden, the reason that this thing keeps getting under your skin and you can't seem to let it go, is because I've equipped you to do it. I said, wait, Jesus, I ain't no rapper now. Like, I'm trying to sing. I, I'm trying to get my... my uh, well, you know, my whoever your person is, I don't want to say nobody, but I'm trying to get my, my, my 112 on right now, Jesus. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to get, I was trying to think of somebody like Michael, you know, I, I'm trying to get, get my singing on, Jesus, you know, my, my oh yeah is on. And, and, and I was like, God, this, that's, that's what I want to do, you know, and if that, if that don't work out, I'd be a psychologist. I don't know why, those are my two things. But I was like, if that don't work out, I, I, I'll do that. And Jesus was like, no, I've equipped you to do this. So I need you to do it. And I was like, I don't think I'm that good. And so I began down a process of becoming a Christian artist. And I would write songs and, and, and I would just like try to let people hear them. And then I got an opportunity to, to minister on that, on that stage on a Wednesday night and a Friday night. And it began to escalate and, and I began to get better because in the beginning I was horrible. Okay, hallelujah. Um, but it began to escalate and I got more opportunities and then I got an opportunity to minister here, minister there. And before you know it, I spent the next 15 years traveling around the world telling people about the goodness of God through Christian hip hop music. For those of you who don't believe me, come to church next week. But why? 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 It's because I made a decision that although I felt like I wasn't good enough, although I felt like that wasn't something that I wanted to do, I said, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'll, I'll do it and I'll be available. And he used my not enough and put on top of that his more than enough and I was able to fulfill and continue to fulfill the will of God for my life. But that's not just me, amen? That's not just me. That's my desire for each and every one of you. Whether this is your church home, whether you just are here, and whether you're showing support, God has called you to be limitless. I don't know what limits you've placed in your life. I don't know what your, your boundaries are. I don't know what the thing is that, that has, has, has uh, uh, stopped you or what you, you know, they say, don't ever tell the Lord what you're not willing to do. Because let me tell you, I'm standing on this stage right now as a testament 
Never tell God what you don't want to do. But God has said, hey, if you just open yourself up, if you just be available, I can use you. And I know that God has a plan for each and every one of you. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. God says, I can use you for the glory of God. He says, I got a plan. I got a purpose for you, a better than expected end. I got something for you if you're just willing to step out of the limits that you've placed on yourself and allow me to make you limitless.